0: Welcome to JAG Talk, a podcast series featuring Navy JAG community experts. Listen to in-depth discussions about different legal fields and hear insights and lessons learned from practitioners across our enterprise. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ellen Birthday Podcast Series, Legal Men Around the Fleet. I am your host, Ellen 1, Lauren Hawk. I'm stationed at U.S. Naval Mobile Construction Battalion 4 in Port Winning, California. Today, I have Ellen C. Briscoe here with me. Hello, Ellen C. Oh, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Doing good. It's freezing over uh, here at Great Lakes. So, you know, freezing. Oh, no, (laughs) Um, it's cold here, but California cold, which is not freezing. So I'm I'm sorry. It's like negative degrees here, but (laughs) wow. (laughs) Um, And so where where are you stationed at in Great Lakes? I am
1: currently at Recruit Planning Command Great Lakes. So I'm here as a recruit division commander.
0: Oh, okay. Awesome. How do you like being an RDC? So
1: I feel like it's always like you have uh, an idea of what it's going to be. And then when you get here, you kind of get punched in the mouth a little bit. So I got here, um, or I should say I graduated C school right when COVID hit. So we literally were on lockdown here on base for about three months where we lived just like the recruits. We slept in the racks. We ate in the galley. We did that whole thing for three months. So if you had asked me then, I would say it was terrible. Um, but it was a good learning curve for me. It definitely made me appreciate the legal community a little bit more. But now that I've been, uh, I guess, settled in, I know a lot more people. It's a good time. Uh, I don't regret
0: anything and how uh, it went down. Awesome. What was the process like to become an RDC as an LN? Was there more um, paperwork for that or was it just a normal, hey, you're selected to be an RDC, go do your paperwork? So
1: you actually have to do a screening. Um, there's a whole milk mm-hmm. man, that explains it. But the gist is you first have to have ran um, your PRTs, right? And they do a waiver for that where uh, if you say you haven't ran the most recent one, you can have your CFL um Test you again, and so you can have that score on there. You also have to have certain requirements that are listed um, in that MOPERS man. But the big thing is you have to get approval from uh, your triad, um, saying like, "Hey, I am a good fit. Um, you, you know, you're going to make RTC better." Opposed to like, they're not sending any troublemakers out here, right? Because you're the first impression that those recruits are going to get. They're going to see you. So, you know, if you're uh, out of weight standard, you know, if you can't PT, all those things, you're probably going to get denied uh, if you request. Try to come to RTC.
0: Okay, interesting. yeah I just remember a few years ago how there, it was harder for Ellen to be RTCs, and I knew a couple of people that wanted to be RC RTCs. And now here you are, and I know that um, Ellen One Cologne is going there soon or on his way there soon. Um, so it's it's good to see some Ellens out there um, as RTCs. Um, yeah, so she's how long, Oh, sorry, what was that?
1: Okay, really nice. I've Ellen T. Simmons, she recently graduated from uh, RDCC school and now is on her first push. So I have no idea what changed. I just know for me that at the time, uh, a great master chief kind of helped me out and she kind of pushed me towards it. And uh, I was like, there's no way this is going to get approved. But when it did, I was like, hey, like, here we are. And so I know I owe a lot of debt to people before me. And so I was like, you know, I need to go in there. I can't fail C school. Like I'm representing the legal men. I'm representing, you know, the people who put their name out on the line. So
0: that's fantastic. We really appreciate that, Chief. Um, so how long have you been in the Navy? Well, I've
1: been in the Navy 12 years. Uh, September two 2009 is when I joined. So uh, coming up here, oh, wow. next, you know, this September will be 13 years.
0: Okay. And how how long have you been a Chief? So I made
1: Chief, uh, well, I was penned to Chief September 13, uh, 2019. So going on three years now. So it's all quick. It just... Uh, it kind of blows my mind how fast everything is going because I, you know, initially joined the Navy thinking, Hey, I'm going to do my four years and get out and do something different. And I've enjoyed it. Um, you know, people always say, continue to do it if you like it. And I do.
0: So I've been blessed with a a great career and a lot of great mentors. That's awesome. I I really like to hear that. Um, I know a lot of, you know, junior sailors don't get that in their careers. So I like to find those people that have had that experience and so that they can be great mentors and pass on the, the positivity of the Navy because there's not mm-hmm. like let's say like like at the C V um battalion where I'm at, there's a lot of the positivity kinda gets lost in the sauce. So mm-hmm. I mean that there are still people having, you know, the positive experience in the Navy. Um, so and where all have you been stationed? Well so I've been stationed all over the place.
1: So my first duty station uh when I was an MC, so a active specialist, I was stationed in Germany, Mannheim. I was at a oh, American wow. Forces Network. Yeah, that was a great time. That's actually where I met uh my wife. So we've been together going on what, eleven years now. So uh her family still lives out there. Thank you. Um so before COVID we used to try to go out to Germany, uh Europe, whatever, uh, at least twice, uh twice a year. Um so after Germany Obviously, I did um, LNA school. From LNA school, I went to Virginia. I was stationed on the Theodore Roosevelt. That's where um, I picked up first class. Was on there. Um, from the Theodore Roosevelt, I came to Russo uh, Lamore. Um, from Lamore, that's when I got orders here to recruit training command.
0: Okay. So today, when, what Southwest years were you on? What years were you on the TR? Uh, I transferred there uh
1: 2013, January 2013, uh, and then I transferred in 2019, or 2016, oh, okay. excuse
0: me. Okay. Yeah, that was uh, my first real duty station, was the Theodore Roosevelt. I was there um, in, 2000, I was in 2010, and I left 2011. Oh. I'm there very well, but I was there too. Okay. We did the around-the-world deployment, so definitely eye-opening. <laughs> yes. I wanted to go on that so bad, but we were stuck in the yard, so. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so what was, what's was what been your favorite duty station?
1: Mm-hmm. So it's so funny, right, because I feel like while you're in the moment, there's definitely pieces of it, and you're like, man, I hate this, I'm just ready to go to the next one, and then you reflect mm-hmm. back, and you're like, wow, like, that was awesome. Um, I would say, because obviously I'm in RTC at the moment, so I'd say as of right now, I think my favorite duty station would be Lemoore. and most people are like, L'Amour, it's in the middle of nowhere, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I um, but yeah. But the community there is so... I think unique because it kind of has a small-town vibe to it. So, like, me and my wife got mm. really active in volunteering, and uh, we were doing CrossFit, and so we just knew so many amazing people, and it was like family out there. Uh, I definitely would say I learned the most um, about how to be a legal man, how to lead from the Theodore Roosevelt. I blame a lot of that on Master Chief George because if, you, if any of you have met or you know he <laughs> is the uh, – she, she's gonna tell you how it is, uh, barring mm-hmm. your feelings. You know what I mean. But she tells you what you need to know to grow. So it's either up to you to, you know, take that on and be like, okay, I'm gonna be better, or you're like, not, nah, and get out the Navy. You know what I mean. But she's not gonna let you be uh, basic. Not gonna let you be mediocre. So.
0: Hmm. Okay. Awesome. And what is through all of your experience? What is one of the biggest lessons that you have learned? I know it sounds like silly
1: and cliche but it's to be humble and to truly um, be grateful for what you have and I would say that comes a lot I hit me smack in the face when I came to RTC right because I feel like a lot of times there's a legal man, or for me I can't speak for anyone else I got kind of bored right I got tired of doing to me some of the same old things over and over again you know um, and then coming to RTC I'm like yes yeah, it's going to be fresh it's going to be different we got you know, it's like I said, on lockdown, we were, you um, know, it's not going to necessarily make sense, but 6 in the, we'd get up at six in the morning to um, make like COVID ships. So each ship has three decks, three levels, um, and each of those levels, right, has six different um, compartments, and each of those compartments can contain a neat recruit. So, Basically, what we were doing is taking those 88 racks, if you guys remember back in boot camp days, thinking of your rack you were sleeping (laughs) in, had to move them out, space them six feet apart, put in desks. So now imagine you're doing that on the third deck, on the second deck. So you're dragging them all the way down the hall, putting them in the elevator. Only two of them can sit at a time. And it's just penis work. And so it made me just like reflect on my life, right? And even when we were <laughs> doing COVID, we were doing it. We're doing ROM in the hotel. So at one point I was at Great Wolf, Great Wolf Lodge. And if you've ever been there, they have these long hallways, And so the recruits couldn't leave um, their rooms. So they just had the door open. And so we would be going down, pushing this big old cart, collecting their linens, collecting their, um, you know, washcloths and towels. And it just got so heavy and it just made me think like right now you could have been at home teleworking, you know, doing some work (laughs) on the computer, but instead you're sweating here trying to push this down the hall. And so it just made me, I laughed, you know what I mean? Because I asked for this and, uh. It just has made me truly really thankful for the things that I've been given and the opportunities I've had in my life.
0: So I guess that the CrossFit, oh my gosh, the CrossFit training you did a little more than came in yeah. handy while you were pushing, the, <laughs> it <came in> <laughs> pushing
1: them down the hall. And, and now <laughs> <laughs> every time I go to a hotel, like I am tipping these uh, ladies who clean the room and males who clean the room because they put in a lot of work. And again, right, like I had you, you don't really think about it. You're like, oh, okay, how hard can it be? But uh, yeah,
0: it was it was. Brutal. <laughs> that's definitely a, a different experience than I've heard from <laughs> RDCs. So that's wow. So, yeah. what's it like now that COVID kind of wore off a little bit, but now there's new threats rising up every so often? Mm-hmm.
1: So, I'm um, I'm on my hold job now, but the way um, they're doing it now is kind of back. To, to normal. So, I mean, everyone is still wearing masks. They still do bleach protocol multiple times a day. Because um, when I did my first four pushes, we call them COVID pushes. So um, at some point, right, I had a division, me and my partner was only two of us, myself and one other person. So now they're going back to uh, th- three pushes or like a three-man push, or some some mm-hmm. teams have uh, four um, RDCs there. So that's that's good because... Like I said, some days you're going from four in the morning until ten o'clock at night. So with only two people, obviously you guys are switching that off because uh, you, you can't. There's no way to sustain that for eight weeks. And now boot camp is ten weeks long, so our manning oh, wow. is going back to kind of uh, where it used to be because we were trying to push so many recruits through doing COVID. Um, we they were changing boot camp from six weeks. Um, it was it was crazy. So now a lot of the stuff that they had implemented, like back when you went through boot camp, is now the same. Uh, Minus that you know they're wearing masks we also do if you haven't heard about it warrior toughness that I would say Mm -hmm. originated kind of from RTC and now that's hitting the fleet now they have different courses that you can take and get an NEC relating to toughness Um, so all that stuff has been implemented while I've been here so it's been interesting to see it happen
0: okay yeah I've um I've only heard it a little bit here at this command can you tell me a little bit more about like the warrior toughness program So they have a
1: lot of great minds who uh, put this together. But the gist of the program is we want to create sailors who are able to hit it Take a hit and keep on going. So um, mm-hmm. we, as RDCs, are required mandated to do different um, like exercises with the recruits, and that's going to be different from how the fleet gets it right because they're taking. Hey, a recruit right has no understanding of what it means to be in the Navy, opposed to hey, if you've been maybe five years, ten years, you have an understanding, you know what your job is. Um, so for us, it's just a, a complete ground level. We'll tell them about um, how to. Visualize things right. I like visualize where you want to be. Well, you know Do some breathing exercises that you're going to do and some people think it's hokey, right? Uh, I need they don't buy into it, but like maybe seals do this type of stuff um, so and again right? you mm-hmm. have to have your own experience with it and you have to have a, a Good instructor or you have to take the time and learn about it But I hundred percent think uh, warrior toughness is good for the fleet um, It's gonna mm-hmm. help people if it's done and implemented correctly.
0: Okay. Um, and how how hard is it for you to take off the the legalman hat while you're there doing RDC stuff instead, or do you get pulled to still do legal stuff?
1: It's so funny. So the first scene, uh, c I was here. He basically he was like going around and was like, "Hey, what's your rate? What's your rate?" You know. And legalman is like, "Hey, while you're here, none of you guys are your rate. You are an RDC." Um, so mm-hmm. that was my first, you know, inkling of it. Like, okay, well, I guess I'm just here. <laughs> Push boots. Um, but now that I'm my hold job, there's been a couple of times where I've been pulled. And I wouldn't say to do the mm-hmm. legal work because there is a real show out here. Right. They mm-hmm. uh, yes. summon all the things that they need to do. But sometimes, uh, like say the legal men are not around. I think twice I was called in to be like, hey, can you uh, oversee? This uh, MPO, hey, can you you know oversee something that's legal related? But it hasn't happened very often. And then one time I had to get an all-hands all training that wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. in my realm in INDOC, but because I was a legal man, they're like, oh, you got it. But for the most part, if you come here, right, uh, you are going to be in RDC. They're not going to pull you to go work in legal at all. You're, your first year, mm-hmm. you're pushing boots. The second year, you have a whole job. So like right now, I'm in INDOC. In Doc LCPO and then I'm about to go back to the streets for my last year pushing boots <laughs> back to
0: the streets that in the down in the, yeah. the oh my gosh the um the ship with the the boots
1: yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um yeah. okay so uh when you were stationed you said you were in Germany first what did mm-hmm. you do what did you do there what was your job there I was I a mass communication Oh yeah, yeah.
1: I was a, a mass <laughs> communication specialist in Germany. So what I did is I had wow. a radio show and I had a um a nightly news show. So for the most part everything was recorded, right? I could um me and the team were recorded ahead of time, but every now and then they'd be like, Oh, we're gonna go live and you're gonna do this whole that's say whole like, like <laughs> super maybe like ten, fifteen minutes, I don't even remember now. Uh And you're not talking the whole time, right? Like you'll just like the regular news. You'll introduce a story, they'll play that story, and then they'll cut back to you. Uh, So it was a good time. I traveled all over Europe. Uh, I was part of the basketball team out there, and so we had different basketball tournaments uh, when I was there.
0: Made a lot of friends. So it was it was really fun. That's awesome. And then after that was a school. Um, Mm -hmm. What 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 made you decide to become a legal man? So. I always had, and
1: I feel like a lot of people do this too, like, Oh, I'm a legal man because I have aspirations to be an attorney. Right. So I was like, well, (laughs) to me, that was logical. (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) yes. I'm like, realistically, it doesn't make sense for me to just get out and go to law school if I don't even know if I like it. Right. Because you always think like, this is how this is going to be. And it's going to be amazing until you actually do the job. Kind of how I got hit in the mouth when I came to RTC thinking, Oh, this is going to be how an RDC life is until you do it. So I was like, Oh, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be, if something happened to me today, Am I gonna go out in the in the real world, right, and be a broadcaster? Definitely not. So why not pursue a passion that I've always had in the back of my mind? And so that's where legal men came in. And then obviously being in Germany, there was no as far as I knew at the time, I couldn't find any legal men around me. So I went on, you know, the JAG website, I found the different bases that were closest closest one was in Spain and I just started emailing and calling people and then uh, one of the ln ones he actually helped me out and he was like, Hey, these are the things that you need to do. Obviously I had did most of them because the instruction's out there, right? Someone needs to tell you that. But he's the one that uh got me um situated with the different mentors, how we had to do the board. We did up my board over via, um video teleconference, right? Uh mm-hmm. Master Masters actually set that board. So it was just so funny how everything comes back around full circle. So
0: Okay, wow. Yeah, I worked with uh Master Chief Masters in uh Perth in, in Millington. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I love her, she's a Spitfire. <laughs> um,
1: um, I wanna say I can't remember if it was her or the other chief who set the board now, but uh, they had heard me on AFN on that radio show. And obviously not knowing oh, uh-huh. it was me and, like it kinda closed the gap and it's like, Oh yeah, I've heard you uh, on the radio So it's just it was funny.
0: <laughs> That's great. Um, okay. And so then, so then A school came back stateside. TR, what did you do on the Theodore Roosevelt?
1: Oof, I did a little bit of everything. So the way they had it when I was there is you would work like one desk. So like, say I'm doing NJPs. So you'd work that for a little bit and then you'd wrote over, rotate over to like ad Um I made first class on that boat. So uh, ultimately I became the LPO and that's when we went on deployment. So... And at the time, too, I was 100% a little bit cocky, right? Because I was like, oh, I made first class in five years. Like, nobody can tell me anything. (laughs) And that's where uh, Massachusetts (laughs) Cambridge came in. Like, she told me something that I will always remember and I will always tell everybody. And at the time, I did not appreciate it, not by any means. But uh, she was like, you know what? Uh, Briscoe, you are great at a lot of things and I was like, oh man, I'm getting this compliment like she's, you know, I'm feeling my soul. and she was like, except for the one thing that's, that matters and that's leadership and I was like, I literally mm-hmm. took a step back you know, like I wasn't expecting that and I was like, who does she think she is in my mind, you know, like I'm doing this, this, mm-hmm. this, like, I'm hot um, and then And again, I said, I did not appreciate any of this as she was telling me. I didn't appreciate any of it on uh, deployment. Mm -hmm. I was just like, I was ready to go. I would 100% talk about her to my family, like, every day. Uh, And then after (laughs) I left, and then I came to Lamore that's when I realized, I'm like, man, like she was giving me the tools. She was giving me the playbook. And I did not understand at the time. So I had to reach back to her and be humble. And I apologize for a lot of things. I told her, I'm sorry, uh, can't take back, you know, h- how I was and what I did. But she definitely has been one of the mentors that has shaped who I am. And then now because of that, I try to shape every one of my sailors after that too. Um, So it was definitely a hard lesson to learn and I'm still learning it daily, right? Because you get into a place I feel, especially in the Navy where you get comfortable, right? It's easy Mm because you pay on the first and the 15th, you're doing the same job, but the big thing that I feel is an attitude of gratitude because the Navy has given me so much. If you look back at it, mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know, I met my wife being in, you know, stationed in Europe, like I was on the radio, I was on the TV. Like I got to play basketball overseas because of the Navy. Like I get to shake young minds here at recruit training command. No, it's not always fun. No, it's irritating, but at, at a bare minimum, right? Like I know I'm getting paid. I know my family's taken care of. And, uh, I know I can go out and make a difference uh, if I just try. So, yep, I learned all that stuff from her. And like I said, it was uh, definitely a hard lesson to learn because so many of us, right. I know for me anyway, think like I'm doing this right. Um, And she also told me like nobody, nobody, like everybody thinks they're like a great leader, right? No one is typically out here just trying to be a dirtbag. Right. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, you have to tap into that. Something may have happened where now they're uninspired uh, or maybe they're just over it. But, If you lead with love and actually care about your people, that doesn't always mean you're going to be nice, right? It doesn't always mean you're going to tell them what they want to hear. But if they know you care about them, like, things will change. And so, again, I also learned that when I was at Rosso uh, Southwest, Detachment Lemoore with Senior Chief for Like, I've been truly blessed to have some amazing leaders, amazing female leaders, um, who've shown me, like, who I aspire to be. So,
0: hmm that's amazing yeah I've, I've gotten lucky like that too i've had a few amazing female leaders and um, both of them were just picked up for like, the command master chief program so oh wow very nice well that's yep. huge um really exciting um but yeah that that's amazing it's an amazing experience and how how, okay, so the, so where I'm at now, it's my first time actually leading a group of junior sailors because they have me yeah. working in the admin office along with the legal job. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's my first time actually having, like, a full office. I work with yeomen and PSs and NCs. And um, one of the things that I'm learning right now is how to tell them what they need to hear instead of what they want to hear. So how do you – you, in your experience, like, how do you um, – how do you deal with that? How do you overcome that?
1: So I think for me, right, you have to get to a place where you're okay not being their friend. You're you're okay not being liked. Um and that's hard for me, right? Because I just like to like go with the flow, like hey, like everything's cool. But at the end of the day, what shifted for me is the fact that uh Like if you don't say something about those things, you're making them worse, right? And so for me I wanna make you better. Uh so at the end of the day Mm -hmm. I'm gonna give you the standard. If you're not meeting the standard though, I'm not gonna necessarily slam you with the book or whatever, but I'm gonna tell you, hey, this is what it is. These are my expectations, Mm -hmm. just like my recruits. I don't expect them to know how to do anything at first. I might give you know, and I might give you three tries, right? Like, hey, this is what it is. Remember we talked about this is what it is. Okay, now (laughs) after that. After I've been patient with you, after I've explained it to you, right, there's no excuse. You have to put the time in the beginning. But after that, now you are just, to me, either there's something going on with you and I need to dig a little deeper, or now you just don't respect it. You don't respect my time. You don't respect the Navy. So now that's when, hey, certain things come into play. Hey, there's this counseling shit potentially, right? Here's this, you know, EMI, whatever it is. Um, Because each sailor is different. One approach is not going to work for everybody. But what's worked Mm -hmm. for me in the past is if you're sailors, know that you care about them. For the most part, they're not going to want to let you down. Um, But that's also takes time, right? You're going to, have to put in like, who wants to like necessarily sit there and talk to somebody for four hours or three hours or whatever? You know what I'm (laughs) saying? And uh, in the beginning, it's not going to necessarily be that way. You're not going to have a four-hour conversation with your sailor. But it's the little things. You're checking in on their family. You're knowing their family's names You know what I mean? You're uh, like, hey, you might be bringing in lunch once a month for them to let them know like, hey, we're in this fight together. But at the same time, you can't give your power away. You are not there Mm -hmm. at Ellen one to be you know, I'm not, I'm just, should be it. No, a hey, military bearing, this cheaper skull. you know, this is Ellen one who we, you know what I'm saying? So you have to instill that. And I feel like it's also hard because a lot of the Jags that come in, right? Like they're civilians too. It's just like they're recruits and, and they went to law school and they consider themselves as lawyers. They don't necessarily consider themselves sailors. Can't speak for all of them, mm-hmm. but in my experience, like mm-hmm. can I'm just here to do a job. No, no. Hey, we're here to fight. Like if we get called on, to go to war, guess what? Nobody cares that you're a jag. Nobody cares that you're Ellen one. Like, let's fight. And so that's what it comes down to is because those little things, just like in boot camp, hey, you're folding up that shirt. People think it's arbitrary, but all those little things matter. If you're letting it go, like, oh man, like my sailor came in today and his boots weren't shined, wearing the wrong uniform or whatever, that's a reflection of you. Is that is that your standard? It's not mine. You know what I mean? Like I put time, I put effort into this to let people know I care about it. And so that's how I I don't know if I really answered your question, but that's how I see it. Like I'm never in it to like just make someone feel dumb or to hurt them. So
0: hmm. Yeah, thank you so much for that. Um so let's see. Uh, okay, so then you went to so a that you said you were real so Southwest. Um, mm-hmm. What did you do, like a rotation between the different offices there or what, yeah. what was your job like there at Real South? So? So um, I started out in Toronto. So I did
1: that for about a year um, from trial. I went to command services and then from command services, I did legal assistance uh, my last year there. And so I was legal assistance, you know, helping the clients, drafting up wills, that kind of stuff. So uh, at the time when I first got there, the office was, I would say, like really small. It was like myself, senior chief for and then Ellen 2 Edwards. And then we had a couple uh, like do sailors that, are helping, that were helping us out. By the time I left there, though, it started getting um, – a lot more legal men in there. But like I said, most people think like, oh, what's in Lamore? But that was a very busy, to me, office because we didn't just have like, – the base is kind of separated into two. So you have like the main base called like the admin base, and then you drive like 10 minutes on this road, and it's all the squadrons. So at the end of the day, right, all those squadrons are calling us at the legal office, legal shop, asking us for help doing different things. And no, right, certain things you're like, oh, that, that doesn't fall in my wheelhouse. And issue is what you want to say or what you want to think because you have all these officers, all these chiefs calling you for help. But ultimately, I, I own that, right? Like I'm here to serve. I'm here to be an asset as much as possible. And those little things that I would do taking time out of my day to assist them actually came back full, full, a hundred fold uh, for different things. They'd come back and be like, oh, you know, Ellen Wong, thank you for helping me out with this and that. You know, they'd coin me or make a recommendation for me or whatever. And so when I made chief, like a bunch of those squadron folks would come over and be like, yeah, it was just a matter of time, like congratulations. So it was really nice being able to uh, be there and uh, get selected for chief.
0: That's awesome. And you said Ellen Two Edwards, that Nicole Edwards? Mm-hmm. Okay. I would oh, say cool Shauna Edwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. 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 I know, yep. I know her by several names, so I'm just trying to <laughs> yeah. figure out which one she <laughs> goes by now. <laughs> but it's yeah, funny because she was on, on a the TR. Itself. Yep. Ah, that's yeah. so, it's such a small
1: world. Yeah, because she was on a TR in... And and trying to convert to legal mm-hmm. man. And then, yeah. Uh, yep. It was in
0: L'Amour. Yep. Yeah, she's one of my, she's one of my e-school buddies, um, that's good. okay, yeah, that's uh, thing. I don't
1: know if a lot of people, um, and I'm assuming we do, right, we're a small community, so you would assume that people network, but I don't, I don't really know how much they do, and so I would definitely say, I feel like that's, uh, a plus. So even coming here to Great Lakes, right? So, you know, my prior mentor, she was uh, here. Uh, one of the guys I went to A school with, uh, Chief Cooney, is here. Uh, I didn't know Danielle, Chief Danielle's was Greeley at the time, but, like, she's always been connecting me uh, when she was here to be a part of the legal Men community. And so it's just so mm-hmm. nice, like, that community that you're having. So you keep in contact with people, uh, like, the friendships okay. that are built.
0: Yeah, and I worked with uh, Chief Cooney at Perth. I was in uh, OJ with him. Yeah. He was my, that was my first, uh, my first position as a legal man and he was my L P O. he's, he's awesome. yes he um, is. Yeah. And so, and you, um, you mentioned that you became a legal man because you aspired to be a lawyer. Did you, do you still have law school in your plans or anything like that? Or what's your, are you still working like that, mm-hmm. is that still a goal? No desire to <laughs> be
1: an attorney, but I am going uh, getting my master's right now uh, from Regent University, MA uh, in law. But no, I have no desire to be a uh, an attorney. To know about the law, to know more about it, yes. But to be a practicing attorney, <laughs> no
0: sense. yeah. I um <laughs> when I was at PERS, um me and uh Chief Cooney, he was Ellen one at the time, like he was working on his package because he wanted to go to law mm-hmm. school. And I was like, that's really cool. Like, I, I love the Jads, and I was like, I want to be like them. And so I ended up going the law school track and near the end of law school, like, well, I still want to be a Jad. like that would be awesome. Yeah. But um, I realized that like, I really like being with the sailors. I really like being with the enlisted personnel. Um. <laughs> I don't know if it's just because I've already been an enlisted person for so many years, or mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, being a dad would be fantastic, but I, yeah, I really like being a legal woman also, so I wouldn't be heartbroken if I didn't get picked up for Jack one day, but
1: yeah. That's so, very impressive I mean, that
0: you did in law school. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so I mean, if it's uh, if you still want to learn about law, like, it's it's definitely an experience. I learned so yeah. much about people and just in general, like going through mm-hmm. that process, um, it was really eye opening. So. so I'm curious, how yeah. hard was that while you were, uh, uh, obviously active duty doing that and juggling? Oh, so yeah, I did the career intermission program, Oh ah, so okay. I, yeah, I didn't have to worry about the active duty aspect. Um, thank goodness. It was a nice little break from active duty to, to go through, to go through school. So, okay, it was, it was good.
1: And so now, I mean, I'm, I'm curious, right, because I know a lot of people, I'm curious, how was that process of applying for that and getting selected and... Okay.
0: Um, so going through the, the Career Intermission Program process, it was... I got lucky because I was already at PERS. And so okay. I, yep. I knew... I had close eyes on my package most of the time. Um, the The longest part was that I was at PERS, but real so Southeast still owned us. And so it had to go to Jacksonville also. And so it was kind of lengthy processing just because it had to go all the way through this, my purse chain and then also through the Southeast chain. Um, but yeah, I was just, I was, um, I was very lucky that I was at PERS during that time though. Yeah. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. I mean, you have to do a, the 1306, talk to ECM, you write a statement of um, your plans Um you always serve, you know, twice a time when you come back, see so if you're willing to do the always serve. So, um, but yeah, it really wasn't, it wasn't too bad of a process. Um, I know a couple, Ellen, that have gone through that process. So Okay. So you would recommend it, not necessarily just for law school, but you would recommend it
1: for somebody who, uh, you know, was just trying to get that time?
0: Yeah, especially for people who, like maybe if they really want to start a family and they don't, they just don't see it happening, like with their career, like where it's going, but they, they love the Navy and they want to come back to it. I think that's like a great opportunity. Or um, maybe some people just need a, just need a break sometimes, you know, but they love the Navy or maybe, and maybe they're just mm-hmm. bogged down. Um, I mean, because you can take up to three years off for, from one to three years mm-hmm. and it's just, you know, a nice little um, break from active duty service where you can focus on something else for a little bit and then yep. come right back to it knowing that you have that uh, to fall back on. That's yeah. huge. hmm Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that was that's most of my questions so far today, so um, let's end this with um, what is your biggest piece of leadership advice that you can, you can give to everybody? Ooh, you hit me with a hard one right at the end.
1: <laughs> I feel like I already said it, right, is um having an attitude of gratitude and then just finding mm-hmm. some really good mentors. And again, having a mentor doesn't mean it's going to be your best friend or someone who's just going to tell you what you want to hear. It's find somebody who is going to um, force you to be better, right? They're going to have those hard conversations with you. They're going to tell you like, Hey, you're being dumb right now, or Hey, you're, you're feeling kind of entitled. Cause those are definitely the conversations I have with Massachusetts and um, very candid conversations. Right. Um, and at the same time, I feel like a lot of people in my experience, I feel like they think it is the the mentee or the mentor's job to reach down to the mentee. And that's not necessarily the case, right? Like, Mm-hmm. Master Chief is already there, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, it would be nice for people to go and reach out, and that's a whole point. You train your relief. But at the end of the day, like, if you want to be like that person, hey, man, go after it. Because, like, mm-hmm. you're right, if you want to go to law school, you're not waiting around for somebody to be like, hey, you want to apply for law school? Just go. Like, you have to put in the time <laughs> and the effort to get that done. And so it like, blows my mind when people are like, yeah, these are the goals that I have but I haven't talked to anybody. And yeah, no, your mentor doesn't have to be in your community, right? You can, there's thousands of people. Like when I tried to become a legal man, I had to reach out to Spain, right? But if you want something mm-hmm. and you truly want it, you're going to put the action into it. And so for me, I feel like sometimes people use that as an excuse or like, Oh, no one told me or I had no help. You can find anybody. And for the most part, I've, in my experience have seen, Anybody, for the most part, is going to take your hand and help you along if they see that you're willing to put in the work. That's if you want to get into real estate, Mm -hmm. if you want to go to law school, whatever it is, but you have to take action and want to be better. So I guess that's the other part, right? Want to be better, stay humble, um, and be grateful for everything that you've been given.
0: Thank you. I I really like that advice. Um, Okay. Well, thank you so much, Chief, for taking the time out of your day to talk with me today and um, to do this podcast for everybody, I, I really appreciate, I appreciate it. it. No problem. It was yeah. fun. And thank you for your great questions. You were very prepared. <laughs> thank you. I'm I'm trying. I don't have the the empty <laughs> experience like you did, so I appreciate it. <laughs> that was a long time ago. I'm old now, but yeah, you did great. So <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Chief. I'll, um, I'll let you get back to the RDC side of things and uh, enjoy the rest of your day, okay? and Thanks. Bye. Okay, thank you. You have been listening to JAG Talk, a podcast series featuring Navy JAG community experts. Visit jag.navy.mil for additional chapters of this podcast series. Thank you for tuning in.